Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. I am Marilyn, and I am happy to be here with you today. So here we are in 2022. We are, I don't know, midway through the third week. It's hard to believe that we've finished two weeks already and we're into the third week. How's the year starting for you? It's uh, a little bit more of the same, huh? The pandemic, at least in the United States, continues to rage on. A lot of the U.S. has had just unusual snowstorms and cold fronts and wildfires, and it has been another kind of rocky start to the year. So I have spent a lot of time being very focused on the things that I do have control of, you know, myself, my thoughts, my immediate environment, because so much in the outside world just seems to be off the rails and we just don't have control over it. And I'm not the type of person to sit and, you know, just binge watch the news and dwell on all of the bad things happening. So I I take it in in small bites so that I'm aware and then I focus on the things that I do have control of and try to, you know, stay sane and make the best of the situation that we're in, which uh, some days is hard. So I decided for this episode, what I wanted to talk about are some of the, the really simple strategies that I'm using right now to take control of my lived environment and, you know, my brain space. And uh, part of this is really useful because I'm giving a talk next week um, at my institution. I was asked to speak to one of the clinical departments. They have a new wellness seminar series. And I was asked to give a talk on New Year's resolutions. And if you listened to my New Year's episode the last week of December, you would have heard that I really don't like New Year's resolutions because I feel like they're too big and daunting and set up for failure. And so instead, I focus on, you know, small goals, micro goals and tiny habits to change. And so I decided that that is what I'm going to talk about, kind of the reasons that I don't do New Year's resolutions and then what I do focus on to try to, you know, improve my life. So I decided that I would take some of what I'm working on for that presentation and bring it over to the podcast. So today we're going to talk about the small things we can do to kind of maintain control of ourselves and our environment. Okay, so today we're going to talk about three things that I'm working on. The first one 
is called habit stacking. And this is a concept that I have learned about a couple of times. Uh, I know it's in Katie Milkman's book called How to Change. And also, I just learned about it again in Atomic Habits by James Clear. That is a book that is in my stack to read. I haven't actually read it yet, but I have heard him interviewed about this book on, I don't know, five or six podcasts. So I feel like I've already read the book, but it is next in my stack. And uh, I am probably going to do a book club episode on it because there are so many just nuggets of wisdom I can tell already just from hearing him talk about it. So the basic kind of premise in this idea of habit stacking is based on a lot of research that's done in um, kind of the, the social sciences and psychology and behavior. And what they've learned is that inherently people are I don't know, lazy, that sounds bad, but people will tend to default to whatever is their usual routine. It takes effort to change from the default. And so most of the time, and especially if you're tired or if you're stressed, people will go to what they do by default. You can create nudges and tweaks and you can stack habits on top of what is default but making a huge shift from default is really challenging. So what they suggest is instead of making a huge change, just take what you do by default and add something really small or tweak it just slightly to make an improvement. And so here's an example of one that I read about that I certainly have tried a bunch of different options and I finally think I found one that works for me. So let's say that you want to start taking some sort of new vitamins or new supplements. So, you know, a lot of times they say take it with food. And so one option would be try it after lunch. And that may or may not be a good time for you. For me, I eat lunch at a different time every day. Some days I snack for lunch. Some days I go out for lunch. Some days I eat lunch at my desk. Some days I've packed a lunch, some days I walk to a food truck if I'm at the office. And so it, it was hard. I don't have like a regular routine for lunch. So adding something as a habit to when I have lunch just has, has never worked for me. I've tried exercising over lunch. I've tried taking my vitamins over lunch. They don't work. Um, some people recommend do it before bed. So if you brush your teeth before bed, put the vitamins next to your toothbrush and toothpaste, you brush your teeth and then take the vitamins. Um, I've tried that as well. That didn't work for me because I sometimes brush my teeth right after dinner and I don't want to take the vitamins then. That's not really before bed and I don't want an upset stomach. So it just, that didn't work. Um, some recommend set an alarm on your phone. Pick a time, you know, 10 a.m. is when I'll take it. Well, sometimes at 10 a.m. I'm in a meeting. Sometimes I'm in the car. Sometimes I'm at work. Sometimes I'm at home working. So none of those things ever worked for me. And so then I saw a suggestion online, you know, if you're adding a new vitamin, just take it to when you take some other thing that you ingest every day at the same time. And so I thought about it. I have, you know, allergy medicine that I take and uh, blood pressure medication. I take it at the same time every day. And so I just added the vitamins to that 
and it worked beautifully. So it's been weeks now and I've been taking them every day. And these are vitamins that I've been trying to take regularly for the past probably 18 months. And I kept trying different strategies. None of them worked. Taking it at the same time that I take some other pill and just putting them together worked beautifully. So the basic idea is take what you do by default, the, the thing that you just do without even thinking about it because you do it every day, and then take the new thing that you want to do and do it with that. It's much easier to stack this new habit onto something that you do by default, your habit default, than to start something totally new. So other examples, you know, if you want to drink more water, so some people drink water, you know, they set an alarm on their phone and they drink a bottle of water, you know, every three to four hours. Um, some people add it to right after they do some activity, then they will drink a bottle of water or first thing when they get to the office, last thing before they leave the office. So really the strategy here is to think about your daily rut routine. What are the things that you do without thinking about it every day? Is it something you do when you first get in the car? Is it something you do when you first get home from work? Is it something that you do, you know, when you first wake up or before you go to bed? Think about your daily routine and maybe even jot down, what are the things that I do without thinking about it? And it may be that you need to pay attention for a couple of days and like really pay attention to what you do without even thinking about it. Jot those down and then Look at the new habits that you want to add on. These little things. You're trying to get more movement. You're trying to sleep more. You're trying to add some sort of nutrition. Whatever it is. And just do that at the same time as you do something by default. It's much easier to adopt as a habit. I've tried this over the last couple of weeks and I think it works beautifully. It's a much simpler strategy than like now on this random Monday, I am going to start doing this thing that I've never done before. And that's what happens a lot with New Year's resolutions. We start some new thing. It works on the first, the second, the third, and then the fourth. We're tired. Our alarm doesn't go off. We have a really busy day. We get off track and it's over and we no longer do the thing. So instead of trying to just add some random new thing, just try to make a small tweak. Add something tiny to something that you already do and it may make a big difference. All right, the second concept that I wanted to talk about today is this idea. Um, that it definitely comes out of Atomic Habits by James Clear. I've heard him talk about it a couple of times. And it's this concept of voting for what you want. So let me explain. Um, he talks about how, you know, often these New Year's resolutions fail because we miss a day or we miss a few days. So you have this New Year's resolution that I am going to exercise seven days a week or I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. And so you go to the gym every day for a couple of days and then it snows or you have pain and so you miss or you had to work late and you missed a day or two or five and it's ruined and forget it, you're done. And he talks about how, you know, this all or nothing approach to making change is not the best way to think about it. So instead, he suggests that instead of the goal being, I'm going to work out 
X days a week. Think about the goal as what type of person does that thing? Or what is the why? What's the motivation behind that goal? So if it is going to the gym, let's say, you know, you you want to lose 15 pounds or, you know, you are trying to get stronger. You want to be able to lift or bench press, you know, some weight. Why? What is the reason behind that? Well, it's probably that you're trying to be a healthier person. You want to be more fit. You want to be a a healthier, more fit version of yourself. So instead of having this very specific, you know, numerical goal that you either meet or don't, think about it as I want to be a person who chooses to go to the gym. And every time you go, you vote for that type of person. And so if in a week you go to the gym four times, that's four votes for you being the type of person who makes the choice to go to the gym. And if you think about it in that way, then when you are trying to make the decision, okay, it's after work, am I driving to the gym or not? Then you think through, am I a person who chooses to go to the gym or am I a person who chooses to go home? And each day you make a vote. When we vote for things, it doesn't have to be unanimous. It's not the unanimous winner. It's the majority winner. So if over the course of a month, so 30 days, let's say you go to the gym 16 times. Well, then you have voted. The majority vote is you are a person who chooses to go to the gym. And then maybe next time, next month, you make it to 18. So this is just one example of this concept. But You could use this for anything. You know, you're trying to make different healthy food choices. You're trying to get more sleep. You want, you know, eight hours a night. You want to read more papers in your field. You want to get more writing done on your dissertation. You want to, you know, spend less time scrolling your phone. Whatever the the habit or the goal is that you're trying to achieve, instead of the goal itself being what you focus on and get, you know, keep track of in that way. Can you reframe it such that I want to be a person who spends less time on their phone. I want to be a person who makes the choice to get more sleep. I want to be a person that gets through their stack of scientific papers, you know, that they want to read each week. Whatever that thing is, And instead, reframe it, that each time you do it, you have made a vote for being that type of person. And each time you don't do it, you've made a vote for not being that type of person. And you don't have to vote unanimously in order to win, in order to achieve. You just want a majority vote. I really like when he talks about this because it gives us much more space for error and for not doing the thing. You know, if habits were easy to form, and if goals were easy to achieve, we would all do them all the time. They're not easy. They're really hard. Making change is hard, and especially if we're trying to make big change. And so kind of the combination of these two, so, you know, picking small things to change and do it at times that work based on your default, and then also just thinking about it that you vote for being the type of person that does that small change every time you do it, I think 
kind of combining these two can give you a lot more empowerment to achieve these small goals. So this is something that I've thought about, you know, even so movement, you know, I have been really focused on getting exercise as many days as possible for the past, gosh, I think I'm on the fourth or fifth year now. And I like the framing of every day I choose to get exercise is a vote for being the type of person who chooses exercise. There are days that I don't. Last week, I counted, I was on Zoom for 62 hours over the course of six days. That is um, because I had work and I was part of a leadership program that went virtual. And so it was just a lot of hours. So there are two days that I did not get exercise. There simply was not time in the day where I could fit it. And that was okay because those days just, it didn't work. But the other five days I did. And so you know, a, a five out of seven vote is pretty good. I was pretty happy with that week. And so try to reframe it instead of all or nothing, as many votes as you get for being the type of person who does that thing that you want to do, I think will give you a lot more grace for yourself and also empowerment to feel like you're achieving that goal that you're set out to achieve. And now we get to number three. I am hyper-focused on wellness right now. Things, as I said at the beginning, feel like they are off the rails. Work feels very busy and like a lot going on, a lot of stuff. I have a lot of goals at work, a lot that I'm trying to achieve. But I hope what more and more people are starting to realize and recognize and I certainly have, is that if we are burned out and not rested and emotionally fragile, we cannot do our jobs well. Now, I should pause here and say, this applies to those of us who are not frontline essential workers, who have no choice right now it seems, other than being burned out. And I hate it for them. I have a lot of friends who are in these jobs and it breaks my heart to watch what they're going through. So if you are one of those folks, this, I mean, I would focus on wellness as best you can in the little pockets of time that you get, but I know that you don't have much time and I hope that things let up soon and that you get more of that time. But for those of us who are largely still working from home or under some sort of hybrid model because we're trying to depopulate our offices and our campuses, then, you know, it's very easy to blur the line between working and not working. And I know a lot of folks have been working around the clock for months and months and months. I mean, we're now getting close to starting, you know, a third year of this. And it is... Um, just really easy to get burned out. And it's so tempting sometimes to just keep pushing, just keep pushing through. We've got to just get it all done and you just stay up late and get up early and just keep pushing. And I think that that is possible for short runs. And and I know that I'll do that around a grant deadline. You know, the week leading up to a grant deadline, I get less sleep, I get less exercise, I am just working extra, and that's just the reality. But then as soon as that goes in, 
then I give myself a breather and I take some space to cook or read or nap or exercise or spend time with friends or whatever it is that brings joy. It's not sustainable to keep pushing and pushing continuously. And so I, I think a lot of us have through this pandemic, it's been pushing a lot of us towards this edge of exhaustion. And so I am encouraging myself to take more time for rest, to unplug, you know, get off of electronics, read or nap or just talk with friends. Um, I'm encouraging myself and folks in my lab to do this. I'm also trying to spend time on critical work. So making sure that the most important things are getting done first. And if the other things get done, that's great. And if they don't, then I'm letting them go. You know, I saw a meme on social media sometime over the past week, and I hate that I can't remember whose it was, but it said, just like we have a to-do list, we need a not-to-do list. We should be taking the non-essential things and putting them on the not-to-do list. Remove things from our life rather than constantly add. We can't keep adding. There's just not enough space. And especially at a time where there is just so much going on in the world and so much going on you know, at work and at home and with kids in school and just so many things, figuring out what are the things on your list that you could take off so that you could spend a little more time on the critical work and a little more time on your wellness, making sure that you're getting sleep and getting movement and healthy foods, I think will go a long way. There's a, there was a story. I just finished the book, The First 90 Days. I uh, hopefully will be uh, starting a new leadership role soon. And someone recommended this book. And it's a great book talking about kind of, you know, how to, get the most out of the first 90 days of a new position or I think you could also use it you know of a new endeavor new year this new start but there was a story in there about focusing on you know the the leader and focus having them focus on themselves and they told this story about how you know if a person is trying to carry a I don't know like a bucket of water and the bucket is filled to the very, 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 very top. You know, the water goes all the way to the top of the bucket. The person has to move very slowly in order to go from point A to point B walking with this bucket. And often some of the water will splash out. If you had just dumped out half the water, took half the stuff off the list, then you could walk back and forth from point A to point B much more quickly without worrying about dropping things and without, you know, without the the burden of trying to carry this super slowly. And it was a really great analogy to think through. Like if we have too much on our plate, we're moving so slowly, like we're not making progress. Whereas if we just get some things off our plate, then we can be much more agile and efficient and effective. It's not just efficiency, it's also being effective. So when it comes to our personal wellness, like if we are exhausted, we can't think straight. We can't read things clearly. We can't write clearly. When we're emotionally fragile, it becomes very hard to think quickly in, you know, in meetings and in conversations. And so I am really focused on this and I hope that that you will as well. You know, are there things that 
that you could take off your plate so that you could focus on your wellness, which in turn will allow you to focus more on those critical high priority tasks that you need to get done in order to be successful in your job and in your life. And so this last point on wellness is probably one that um, that I'll talk about off and on throughout the year because I'm seeing it's the one that I feel like we in academia are focused on the least. And I think it's really the highest priority. When we are unwell, we do not do our jobs well. And so we have to focus on our own wellness so that we can be the best graduate student, the best postdoc, the best faculty member, the best support staff member, the best whatever your job is, insert that here. To be the best version of that that you can be requires that you are in a healthy state both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so 2022, I'm going to be hyper-focused on wellness. I've been fairly focused on in the past, but you know, I think with everything going on, it's critical to, to really push this uh, to the fullest that we can right now. So that's number three, hyper-focus on wellness. And that is all that I have for today. I know there's a lot going on in the world. It feels a bit chaotic. And this is why in this episode, I talked about these small things that are in our control. It's so easy to just watch what's happening in the world and lose sight of what's possible in our own day to day because so much of what's happening is out of our control. And the news, you know, they're set to make make it that way. They make money by people watching. How do you get people to watch? Make it so interesting and exciting that people can't take their eyes off of it. And so there is kind of the business behind the news and media to get us to watch. And so they do it in ways that are suspenseful and fear invoking and exciting. And it's just easy to get sucked in. I'm really trying to limit the amount of intake. I need to know what's going on and that's it. And then I turn it off. Once I hear each headline one time, I'm done. Or I'll just go and read it, read it one time, not keep scrolling, not get different places take, just find out what's happening and then process and move on. And then in our day to day, just doing what I can to, to take control of my choices and my decisions and my mindset. And so these three things, this kind of habit stacking of small things, thinking about goals as voting for the type of person that does that thing, voting to be the type of person that does that thing, and then being hyper-focused on wellness. These are the small things that I'm doing here in 2022 to to try to make some progress and feel good about the choices that I'm making. I hope that you heard something in this episode that is useful for you, and I really hope that you and your family and your work community are doing as well as can be expected with everything happening. We just need to to stick through this. We are going to get to the other side. It's just unclear how long it's going to take. So focus on what you can control, which is yourself, your own environment, your mindset, and do the best you can to get through this, you know, in the best way possible. So with that, I'll just 
say take care, have a good week, and I'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.